When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brass Dadamis, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. David, I'll call myself somebody who can't hear what you're saying. I don't know how your microphone <laughs> was working in the buildup before we went live, but it's no longer working. <laughs> can you guys not hear me? We can hear you now. Could you guys? Did you guys hear what I called John? The Geno Smith of podcasts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, of triple play, I called him the Geno Smith. And how do you respond to that? Then I say Patrick Mahomes is the Geno Smith with a good offensive coordinator. So uh, you're calling me Patrick Mahomes, your favorite. <laughs> there we go. All right. We are also, of course, joined by the man who misses out on all the live bets. It's the doc, Eric Mendelson. What's going on? Oh, man, let me tell you, if I could build a time machine, I'm really angry for not live betting the Ravens down 19. Like, that that's <laughs> life-changing money right there. Yeah, you got to do more of those. You, I think once every couple of weeks, you always tell me how much you wish you did it more. You so. know, I did a live bet Sunday for the 49ers Cardinals under because it was like 17 points the entire game, and then it hit the over, so... That's what scared me. You're just a scared man to bet. That's fine. I am. Or, of course, rounding out the normal crew is a tight end whisperer of sorts. It's the Brad Stradamus, Brad Kilgore. What's up, man? Two for two on the obscure tight end touchdown, man. I'm about to make it three for three today. Yeah, uh, giving us a little tease for one of our segments later on in the show. Uh, but, yeah, guys, uh, we've, we have a special guest. And I'd make sure I had to save the best for last year. We welcome in a woman. That if you were to stick and stack her accomplishments and endeavors, you get tired stacking up the feats halfway through. She's a Sports Illustrated fantasy and sports wagering analyst, an on-air host for Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, one half of Waiver Wire, which their picture is Jen and Jerry's like Ben and Jerry's. It's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. This show is on the Extra Points Podcast Network with Jerry Ferreira. She's an award-winning nominated or an award-nominated FSWA member a Scott Fishbowl 10 finalist and part of Tout Wars. I need to take a drink of water because this is a lot of compliments <laughs> here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome in the host that truly does the most. It is Jennifer Pianchetti. What's going on? Thanks for having me, guys. This is going to be awesome. I love that this uh, podcast is not just one sport. I think that's fantastic. You guys do it all. And I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. I'm glad that we could find the time. And this is great. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit before the show, just a little bit about some fantasy or just some baseball playoffs. And mm-hmm. I, I love diving into the multiple sports because sometimes one can get a little boring. And you do as well with multiple as any. How do you find the time to balance out multiple sports? Um, honestly, I think I'm not sleeping at all. Like <laughs> someone, somebody said to me, like one of my Twitter followers said to me, I posted like some video for Sports Illustrated and, and she just tweeted me. She's like, you need to get sleep. I can see your dark <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, thanks for the love. But it probably was loving to say that. Um, but yeah, so I think when October's over, it'll be easier. But I try to compartmentalize them. But I have to be honest, guys, today I was writing uh, the Thursday night football preview while watching this Astros game. And I'm pretty sure I sent my editor some pretty poor syntax. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably that. misspelled Hunter Renfro a few times. You know, like, which Renfro is it? That's but, right. To be fair, there's like, that yeah, one in both sports. Like, writing waiver wire articles at the same time that there's an ALDS is very tricky when you have to do that spelling. Yeah, it really is. Um, so I, I got to ask you, there's a couple things I want to ask before we kind of dive into things here. Number one. I do want to hear your story about how you kind of got started in the fantasy industry, but I I was saying if I was going to ask you this or not, and I have to ask you. Okay. Your picture on Twitter. Has anybody ever said you look like Jody Sweeten from that picture? No, but that's interesting. I'm I'll, the first I'll take one to it. Say it. I mean, it's a full house. I'm good. Um, 
No, no one's ever told me that. That was a headshot I used uh, in I see the resemblance. I'm not crazy, right? Like I was like I I was that's like a, yeah, I see, I see it. It's a, it's a little far fetched, <laughs> but I won't call you crazy. Okay, as long as I don't look too crazy, too weird for that. But now the more important question: You do so much in the fantasy space. How did you get started in the first place in the fantasy space? You know, I just got started because uh, I was a player, and I was living in New York um, for a long time. I was an actor and a singer there, and we can. That's my whole other career. And, and uh, I was doing a show and I just I was also playing fantasy baseball. And, and after the show, like someone that was at the show wrote me a piece of, you know, fan mail or whatever and said, I saw you play fantasy sports. I'm in this like high dollar league with all these hedge fund guys. And I was like, OK, creepo, creepo, like, let's, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then I looked him up and he's like on the board of all these arts organizations, really nice guy. So um, I, I said, oh, I'm interested. He's like, I, I need a partner because I'm having trouble winning. And I was like okay, I'll do it. So anyway, he invites me into this really cool thing. It's like all these hedge fund guys on Park Avenue. And we have like a real um, auctioneer that gets brought in and screens and all that. And we're bidding money and it's all catered. I'm like, this is like the coolest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I'm like bidding on baseball players and whatever. And Jason Collette was the auctioneer. Anyway, long story short, he's a tout, if you know who Jason Collette yeah. is. And he, the next year invited me, he said, hey, do you want to come watch the Tout Wars live draft at Sirius XM? I met some people, boom, boom, boom. Here we are. <laughs> That's the That's whole awesome. story. I didn't yeah. know it was, it was from uh, Jason. We've had Jason Collette on our baseball show a few times. He's an awesome He's dude. Fantastic. Like, the yeah. Fab Master. He's the best. He's the best. That is awesome. And we need your expertise that you've built up over these years because we got uh, important stuff to talk about tonight. We've got our week six, basically diving into everything week six. Our week six short stories, stuff or fluff our juicy spreads, and of course, our obscure tight end touchdown predictions that we're going to make later on in the show. So make sure you stay tuned for that. After, we'll go to our question of the week that Brad has not told me, so it will be a surprise for everybody. And as always, we have our game revealed at the end of the show. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it! Yeah! Jen's giving me some energy today. That was a, that was a good one. That's good. <laughs> uh, so we've got we'll cover some news here first. We'll get the the big Kahuna out of the way here. John Gruden notifying his staff he's resigning as head coach of the Raiders, and there could be a lot that we could break down with this story. We could spend a whole show on it. Honestly, we just I think we can agree that the right move was made, and that's the important thing. He's now out in Las Vegas. The Raiders are now turning to their special teams coach, Rich Bia. I think it's Rich Bisacheka. John, you want to fact check me on that? I doubt one? that. <laughs> I, I I know that that's not it. I'd have to see it phonetically in good, front of me, but I know that's not it. Good hosting, because <laughs> I should have actually made sure I had that prepared. But he is going to be stepping in as the interim head coach there. Johnny, you are a Raiders fan. The one question I will ask you: Do you think that he's somebody that could be capable of filling the role long term? And will there be any kind of lasting effects that you see with this team now, with this distraction kind of looming over their heads? I mean, he's been in the NFL for a while. So, you know, he's getting his his shot, so to speak. But I, I kind of think they chose him knowing they'll go somewhere else because if they went with Gus Bradley, then, oh, maybe he becomes the real coach. If they go with uh, Olsen, oh, maybe he's the real coach. If they went with somebody offensive or defensive coordinator. So they kind of went with the special teams coordinator who's been around for a while uh, to just sort of steady, steady the ship while they go with someone else in the offseason. Yeah, no, I agree. And. Um... Hopefully it won't be a distraction for them this season because they have come out and played pretty well through the first five games. I, I think it would be more of a distraction if he lingered around and wasn't uh, resigned or fired or whatever it is, you know, good riddance. Uh, then it's more of an issue. Now, you know, clean break. They have a new coach. Just play. May, they'd probably like him better than the old coach now. Yeah, I agree. And uh, again, it was done what needed to be done, and now we can kind of move on to more fantasy-relevant news here. The Steelers are putting Juju Smith-Schuster on injured reserve, and according to Jerry DeLook of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, it's not official, but they are saying that right now it looks like to be a season-ender. Obviously, not a great year for him when he did play 15 catches, 129 yards in five games, three carries for nine yards. Doc, I know this was kind of more of a sudden pop-up in the last... 24 to 48 hours, but do you anticipate Chase Claypool? I, I think Deontay Johnson's going to get his targets, but do you anticipate Chase Claypool now kind of elevating from that borderline flex to potentially, potentially a wide receiver too? 
Yeah, I mean, Chase Claypool had a great game when he went out. Uh, he finished with uh, five for 130 and a touchdown on six targets. I mean, Ben's going to throw the ball, and it's going to be a lot to Najee Harris. They're going to – I'd expect them to maybe use two tight ends more <laughs> with Ebron and Freyermuth, but, I mean, it's the offense is going to run through Ben, so it really depends on who he wants to target that day. What was that stat where Najee Harris had like 15 or 20 targets or something? And yeah, 19 targets. Yeah, and then they were all behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it, it's, it's dump off king, man. I, it's it's that whole passing attack is scary when your air yards is essentially just dumping it off to your running back each game. Like I, Ben looked good last game. You know, he had a few nice dimes where he kind of floated it in to Deontay Johnson and whatnot. But it's, it's you know, at the end of the day, it's like he almost has to have a completely clean pocket now for him to have any sort of success. And I don't think their offensive line can do that consistently. So their, their wide receiving core scares me, really. Well, we're talking about Big Ben, so let's stay with quarterbacks. And let's talk about Mr. Russell Wilson, who underwent two surgeries to repair his right middle finger announcer for the team no timeable officially for his recovery uh, you've seen as little as four weeks some as much as 10 weeks right now they're trying to project a week 10 return for him right now against the packers his streak of 149 straight starts that would have that would bother me one short of 150 that's such a, a bad number but jen i gotta go to you for this geno smith's gonna be the starter are you putting dk Metcalf and tyler are you downgrading them with this um I guess a little bit, but the fact is, like, when are you not going to start DK Metcalf? Mm-hmm. Are you really not going to start DK Metcalf? I mean, he went to him when Geno Smith came in, and, and I think that we may be underestimating Geno Smith a little bit as well because this guy's been in the system a long time. It's not like he's learning something new. and I, He's certainly not Russell Wilson, but he knows the system. He knows the players. They know him. Uh, he still went to Metcalf. Lock it. You know, Lockett's just tricky because he's kind of always been boomer bust. He either has like three touchdowns or like four yards. That's that's kind of what he does. Um, so he's probably always a wide receiver too in my book, but I'm still not just flexing him. I'm still keeping them up there until I really see Geno Smith can't do it. Uh, so yeah, maybe I'm bumping them down a little bit, but I can't imagine who I'm suddenly starting over DK Metcalf. And I don't see that happening. Can I just I don't think that you downgrade them too much to Jen's point. Like, if you think about it, if anything, I think the run game takes a hit because they're the game script is probably now them playing from behind. They exactly. released Trey Flowers today, so there's going to be more opportunities for him to throw. And I imagine I, more garbage time points rather than first them quarter for that reason. For that exact reason, you said like you're going to get like it's clear they can move the ball with Geno Smith. He knows the offense. He's a very right. competent passer. You know. Now they're just the worst team, right? So it's going to be less running game and more passing. So honestly, you can make the argument that they're more, you know, DK Metcalf and Lockett are more valuable than they were with Russell Wilson for fantasy purposes. Right. Yeah. And you can look at the game and you could see down the stretch, he actually came in in the middle of the third quarter. He targeted Metcalf and Lockett each four times while he was in the game. Metcalf had three receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown. Lockett had four targets for one catch for seven yards and an interception. Obviously, it's a very small sample size, but he did have success throwing it to DK Metcalf. The wide receivers don't lose points for a quarterback interception. That's That's, true. That's the secret, David. (laughs) That's true. Um, But he he was targeting both of them, so it wasn't like it was very one-sided or he was looking at one over the other. He knows who his playmakers are. Geno Smith looked like West Virginia Geno Smith at that game, just very competent, which we hadn't seen. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I don't When is that comparison going to stop? Who knows? But uh, there's more news, unfortunately, on the injury front as Saquon Barkley, the Giants running back, had to be carted off after suffering an ankle injury. If you saw a picture of it, it was like a golf ball on the side of his foot. It was very interesting looking. Right now, he's expected to miss at least the next week, if not more. You also have Kenny Galladay, who's already been ruled out for this Sunday with a knee injury. And then you have Daniel, Daniel Jones, who has... Sustained a, con- uh, sustained a concussion. He's in the concussion protocol. They haven't said anything right now as far as he's playing yet. I think most people assume he is, but you can't obviously know for sure with each concussion being different. This Giants offense is just absolutely just all over the place. And I got to ask you guys, obviously Kadarius Tony came out of nowhere. Is there anybody in this offense that you're kind of keeping an eye on? You have, again, Kadarius Tony, 
Now you have Devontae Booker potentially coming out of the way. Love the fight of Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I'll see what you did there. Jen, you look at the, this Giants team. Are there pieces that you are now interested in with all these injuries? Obviously, again, bringing up Tony and how he kind of exploded the last couple of weeks. Is he somebody that you're trying to spend a lot of fab on if he's in your league? And same with Devontae Booker, who could have a one to two week role as the lead back. Yeah, so two things. I actually had a Kadarius Tony in my waiver article for two weeks ago. And so um, I picked him up then. So thankfully, and I played him in my, this is going to be my victory lap story when we get there. So maybe <laughs> another one, but played in my DFS lineups, um, all that jazz. So Canary's Tony good. And then of course we saw the big breakout game, you know, t- 10 grabs, 158 mm-hmm. yards, just ridiculous making plays. He's, you know, yards after catch. He does the whole thing. It didn't matter that it was Mike Glennon. The guy was making plays. Um, so Canary's Tony is someone that even though they're now saying that Slayton and Shepard might be back, He's so good. They got to find a way to get the ball in this kid's hands. If they're smart, then again, it is, you know, Jason Garrett. So maybe they're not. (laughs) Um, There we are. Um, Devonta Booker, on the other hand, if you have to, I mean, the guy averaged like 2.4 yards per carry versus the Dallas defense. That's not impressive. Mm-hmm. And the the receiving touchdown he had was in garbage time, really. And, and and to be fair, like receiving running backs do very well versus Dallas Cowboys. So like if you're ever like picking, you know, is it Hines or Taylor, whatever, that kind of thing, the receiving t- the receiving backs do very well versus the Dallas Cowboys, but I'm not excited about Devontae Booker and how often as you know, game scripts, like we were just talking about, how often are the giants going to be playing with the lead? My guess is not that often. So I'm not that interested in Devontae Booker unless I have like Saquon and I need someone else, but I would rather have, you know, Darrell Williams, like, you know, I might rather just roll with like a Naheem Hines or a Kareem Hunt. I mean, I guess you can't get Kareem Hunt, but you know what I'm saying? I'm not excited about Devontae Booker. Yeah, it's a very unexciting offense. And, you know, he's been a career backup. And I think the only thing you could argue potentially for Booker is you saw what Wayne Gallman did last year when he stepped in for him. But that's that's the only leg you can really stand on at this point because the Giants offense has not looked great, and especially if you have Mike Glennon starting this week. That right. would be even more of a... Yikes, let's stay away from that type of thing. So I totally understand what you're saying there. A couple other quick notes we'll get to here. Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hurts my soul. He has an MCL sprain. He's going to – now he was put on IR, so he's going to miss the next three weeks. Darrell Williams, if he's in your league, I would spend up to maybe about 50% of the fab that you have to go get him. 50? 50 really? I would spend 50% because he could be – for someone as the Chiefs' lead running back, he could win you two to three weeks. Because, yeah, because Clyde's been having. I was about great to year. say, yeah. <laughs> David, David, how, David, how much would you spend if you just dropped him last week? Did I drop him? I did. And Scott oh. Fishbowl. I had Daryl and Damian, or yeah, Daryl and Damian Williams. I was like, all right, which D Williams am I going to cut? So oh, I cut no. Daryl, and I was like, oh man, I made the right choice. I kept Damian, and I was like, oh wow, I should have kept both. Also, wow. they're rumored to be kicking around the tires on Marlon Mack, so I'm not even sure Williams is going to stay the the lead back for long. So I, I don't know, man. That's uh, the Chiefs running back is a scary position to take, but um, yeah, Ceh seemed to be getting his hitting his stride, and then he got hurt. So I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and that's a good point with Marlon Mack. I think obviously you you can't really wait at this point. You're going to have to put a bid on him without the Mac. I don't. I would think they would not make a trade for Matt considering that I, I would love for them to use any sort of draft capital to get a, a like a running back a stopgap running back because signing Josh Gordon and getting Marlon Mack will really solve that defense it's fantastic <laughs> yeah <laughs> fixing uh something that doesn't need to be fixed at this point last couple of bit of news here Lions wide receiver Quintez Sivas broke his collarbone. He's going to be out for the year Cardinals tight end Max Williams sustained a gruesome knee injury he's going to be out for the year as well George Kittle has been put on IR. Trey Lance right now is expected to miss some time. Just another day in the neighborhood for the 49ers and their fans. So, uh, Doc, I'm sure you enjoy that, don't you? I mean, that's what I'm saving my uh, my story for. Oh, okay. All right. Enough teasing. <laughs> of course, if you enjoy all the teases we get on this show and all the content Triple Play Fantasy has and want to hear more, please check out all the great things going on in the Triple Play Fantasy Network. We've got our baseball and basketball podcasts, of course. Our Super Fantasy Bros Between the Seams with Marty and Mac and Tripwire YouTube shows you can check out. 
If you like the shorter content, there's the Coach's Corners Fantasy Foodies. I think Doc and I are going to be doing an entire box of cereal this Friday, which should be fun. And our movie minutes, all that that Brad and John do, which are great on our YouTube channel. If you like writing, it's more your style. Go to tripplayfantasy.com where you'll see tons of great articles from our talented writers. And stay in the know, but make sure you follow the account on social media at tripplayfantasy. Now, everyone, Christmas is coming. It's coming quick. And like a deranged psychopath in the night, it's going to be here before we know it. It's actually 10 Fridays away if you've counted. But don't be caught lacking without Triple Play Fantasy content or merch. Make someone happy this holiday season so that way you can sleep in bed and not on the couch. That couch is even colder, too, on Christmas. Just trust me on that. And that's no cap. <laughs> if you're watching, I knew the wheels were going to come off of this thing as soon as you transferred from just the plugs to your metaphor. But it also was good, Dave, this was a good one. Dave has the best intros and the creepiest plugs in the game. <laughs> yeah, they're all over the place. Uh, but of course, if you're watching the live version, we're still here. If you're on the podcast version, we're going to take a quick break and jump into our week six preview right after this. And we're back. Okay. So now let's get into the juicy stuff. Let's talk about first with our week six short story. This could be a surprise, a victory lap, something you want to come clean about. Because again, this is a safe space. It's your 60 second short story that you want to share with everybody. So Jen, you're the guest. Why don't we start with your short story? Okay, well, I guess I kind of already told my short story, uh, which is that Kadarius Tony, I had him in all my DFS lineups, and I see everybody out here victory lapping like they were the only one that saw him or whatever. Come on, guys. I was on this like two weeks ago, so get in line, you know? Come on. And also, everybody, by the way, all you guys out there, did anyone notice Donovan Peoples-Jones was really affected? Did anyone notice Amon Russell Brown? Yes, we all noticed. They're in our articles. You guys are so funny sometimes. I know that frustration too, where you're like, I've been on this and now everybody else is catching up. Everyone's like, Yeah, this is such a surprise. No, we've been talking about this for two weeks. <laughs> but because they tweeted it more recently, that means they get to take the victory lap. Yeah. Come on, guys. So, yeah, that's my short story. And I, I should have thought of another one. I'm sorry. I, I gave it away. I previewed it. No, it's good. I, I like it. It's, it, it's so good that it has to be heard twice. I think you're, I think you're right. Like it's, it's very frustrating if you're on something very early, people aren't paying attention. And then once it kind of, they have their breakout, their huge thing that everybody's kind of, you know, quote tweeting or, you know, saying things. And I totally understand where you're coming from. That is a, I'm just glad that we can understand. Like everybody needs to know the Kadarius Tony train started. <laughs> Jen started that train. We're going to make sure that's known. Um, okay. Yes. I started the Kadarius Tony train a few weeks ago. Love it. Doc, what's your short story? So have you guys seen the Stephen A. Smith meme where he's at the window, he's looking out, he's like this, and there's just the caption of pain. I don't think I've seen that one. He also has another good one where he talks about he's having like a really bad day or something like this is one of the worst days. Well, okay. He's Both chocked fit. all of them. Both fit. I might have to switch teams. I don't know how much longer I can go being a 49ers fan. Like oh, just to know, just to know your season is over after four weeks, just because of injuries. Like I don't, I, here's my advice to someone drafting next year. Don't draft any 49ers player. They all get hurt. Like I can't think of any 49er that doesn't get hurt. Like all of them do offense, defense, special teams, Robbie Gold's on IR would be surprised if Kyle Shanahan tore his ACL walking. I just, I, I just can't do it anymore. I just, I'm, I'm so hurt. You and the Eagles, I think, get hit the most. Oh no, 49ers have overpassed them. We overpassed the Chargers. I don't think that's an, I don't think that's an expression. The Chargers don't even really have like the injury thing like they did last year. Like, no, it, the Chargers had a really bad stretch, but they haven't lost Justin Herbert. So, okay, well, let's not wish any black magic here on justin herbert let's change the subject let's go to i'm sure john's got a better short story john what's your well story? i didn't want to keep raining on eric's parade but if you were listening to previous episode eric beat me by a single yard in fantasy because chris godwin got 55 <laughs> yards in the first half and did not get 56 so um i i joked that we needed to do an investigation we need to really look at everybody's yards and apparently espn did run a stat correction and I ended up winning and didn't even notice. Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. How did how did we how did I lose a point again? Did we ever find that out? No, we didn't because the screenshot looks the same, but there's two at the bottom that we can't see. So we don't know what actually changed. But I just uh, I just I didn't, wake it, up. it didn't even alert me. ESPN didn't even alert me. I just, I, I just in my lineup and I said, I'm not two and two. <laughs> I just wake up to a text from John in the group chat. 
Eric, I hope you look at your phone, you coward. I'm like, what, <laughs> what could have happened? Jed's face, dude. Right? Like, that is the, isn't that the worst when you lose on a stack correction of all things? After winning by point one. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. You know what, John? I'm looking up the stack correction right now. David, you... go on with go on with the show. I'll, I'll comment when I find it. Okay. I'm glad you're I'm just happy the inquiry here. was successful. Brad, what's your short story? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of on Doc's Doc's team here. I have, I have more of a shame than a story. I was watching the Washington game this past week, and I just I found myself just you know fantasizing about the RG three days, like when I actually thought we could win every single week, and it just made me so sad that it's been so long since we had a quarterback we could count on, and I don't know if it's ever going to happen again. So I might have to settle for RG three coming back this year. Settle for him coming back. Is there something we don't know? Uh, he's he uh, he tweeted at the GM or did something on Instagram like bring me back after. Uh, oh wow! After one of the games, it's not going to happen. And, and now There's people no are chance. talking about it. I've heard heard it on at least one podcast called Triple Play that people are talking about RG three no. coming back. Yeah, look at that. It's <laughs> a pro right there. My, I'll keep mine really short and sweet. I've been playing fantasy football, I think, for 15 years now or something close to it. I've never started out 0-5 in a league. And in the Scott Fishbowl, I'm 0-5. And, and it's yes. just completely embarrassing. And to, to give you to give you guys the quick thing here, I picked up Corderell Patterson two weeks ago before he had his uh, three-touchdown game. Of course, didn't pl- I didn't play him. And put him in this week and took out Miles Gaskin. And <laughs> both those weeks... Did- both Dave, we're just going to have to change your designation to fan in that. I, I might have to because <laughs> I'm 0-5. If I had played Cordero two weeks ago and I would played Miles Gaskin this past week, I would have been 2-3. and three. So those I'm, were the I'm big one and four. So triple play is showing out. We are not showing out well right now. Not, <laughs> two, not, two, and, two and three, baby. But no, high point scored. Jen's like, I'm on the loser pod right now. No, <laughs> no actually, Scott Fishbowl is not going. I was on the leaderboard for like the first three weeks and then the last couple i've been tear i just gotten like beat um also like leaving points on my bench like like mm-hmm. i had deshaun jackson that one game on the bench and like a bunch of stuff like that so it's not been a great scott fishbowl for me this year which is bummer because last year yeah. i was like up there the whole time feeling pretty yeah. good not so much this yeah. year. <laughs> i've been uh i've been starting zach wilson just to let you know how <laughs> How you, you, going. you are the you were the team that waited the longest to draft. It was on the like, documented that you were the team out of every single however I was I forgot how many there are. You were the team that waited the longest on quarterback. I was, it would have been cool to know that Tyrod went down. <laughs> yeah. Tyrod was pretty good. I, I'm I ready know. for Tyrod was, to come back. I was doing Tyrod and Jameis, and it was working out for me, and then he got hurt. He'll be back. He's coming back. Yeah, he will. All right, let's move to our next segment here. We like to call stuff or fluff. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you guys a couple statements, and you're going to tell me if it's something that you think there's some oomph behind it or just a bunch of marshmallowy fluff that we should not buy into. I always never find the sound effects on my soundboard that I want to use, so I will not waste your time. So we are going to start with the first one here. Patrick Holmes and the Chiefs run as conference champions are cooked. So, Jen, is, is this stuff or fluff? I think it's stuff. Wow. Is it because of the Bills resurgence? Is it because of... uh, There are other teams that are better, and and I think I just don't think they look so good. Their defense is going to cook them. Like, it doesn't matter how good Patrick Mahomes is, if they're going to roll over and let people run and throw all over them, which they are. um, There's only so much he can do, but also... I like Patrick Mahomes, but I think he's gotten a little bit complacent, a little bit cocky. He is constantly trying to make some kind of impressive, ridiculous throw in situations where he shouldn't, and he's getting himself into trouble. Um, and I just think I just don't think they're the team this year. This is not this is not it. You look at what Lamar did last night. That's so much more exciting. You look at what Dak is doing, what Kyler's doing. No, I didn't have a good game this week, but I just think that it's probably. It's probably nearing the end. They're still a good team. I don't think they're the dominant team anymore. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, he has more interceptions than one McCorkle Jones. So <laughs> no. that's that sums it up right there. 
being try being a Chiefs fan on this podcast with everybody that's looking to jump on them any chance they get. This is not it's not a fun. Oh time. no, I made it team, to two straight Super Bowls. Woe is me. I think on, I think David, it's fluff, man. I think I think Oh, there we go, the Brad. Chiefs, how do I like you? Yeah, no, I think they're gonna be fine. Like I they're essentially like the Golden State Warriors now. Like they're so good that everybody uses beating them as a measuring stick for greatness. And I think being consistent and you know, something a, a team that you can count on to win over the course of a season is just it's so difficult, especially in the NFL. One game sample size, anything could happen, injuries, all of that. Well, so it's a, it's a five just, game sample size now, Brad. Right, right. But I, I'm just saying, like, you know, the, the Bills, they're good, but I, I'm not at the point where I think I can count on Josh Allen every single week. Like, this past week, he made an amazing throw to Emmanuel Sanders. And if you just look at that, you're like, wow, this is we might be looking at the two best quarterbacks in the league. But Josh Allen's problem is that he doesn't do that each game. Like he'll throw some duds in there. So I, I don't know. I, I honestly think the Chiefs offense is good enough that if they can find a way to plug any holes on that defense and just go from, you know, the worst defense to like the, you know, 80th percentile of the league then they're they're still going to be one of the best teams in the league and i, I honestly think they're gonna they're gonna end up winning that division the one thing i will say on this subject is i've had many people in my mentions bring up about when i talk about how mahomes is playing bad that they say well he's just throwing interceptions that now are getting caught and mm-hmm. yeah, when that's fair and that's not even what i base my argument on it's more the types of throws he's deciding to make I'm not, I don't, I don't care about that. He's throwing balls that are gay. I'm caring. I'm like, why is he throwing that in the first place? Exactly. Speaking, speaking firsthand at when I was, at he the always Ravens, has, that's what people exactly. are saying. He's not, always not thrown as, that pass. Not as bad as it's been this year. When I was at the Ravens, I was living in Baltimore. I, I went to the Ravens home opener against them. He threw the, that pick that ended up swinging the momentum where he was getting tackled to the ground. He just threw it. It threw it right to the defender in the middle of the field, which gave the Ravens momentum they needed to go down and score a touchdown. If he just takes that sack and they punt it, could be a whole different story. That's the type of stuff that he was not doing before. And he's come out and said uh, that he's like, look, I'm making decisions that I'm not usually used to making. And he's like, I have to like hold myself accountable and be better. Now, that's is- that's what I think is more of the problem on the offensive side of things. You also have balls like Tyreek Hill hits off his hands and it's getting intercepted that you can't really control or you know, you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fumbling the ball at the end of the game, literally when they're about to kick a game-winning field goal and they lose, right? So, I mean, there's other circumstances here, too. But Mahomes is definitely not playing well. But it's not solely just because he's throwing interceptions. It's just overall that his decision-making and his ability to basically overcome what how bad the defense has been for so long, that is not prevalent this year. I and honestly, I don't think you want him changing a thing. Like, I think he's his best when he's, you know, that Brett Favre gunslinger trying to fit everything into small, tiny windows, doing his little side passes, underhand sliders, all that stuff. That's what scares defenses. Like, that's that's what makes them scary because you don't know what he's going to do. You don't know what he's capable of. He's just a tremendous quarterback. And I, I think we're rea- overreacting a little bit to, you know, early interceptions when, like you said, like he he could have done this last year but they just weren't getting caught. Like, I think this I mean, is part of his game. Th- this is really on the defense. They've given up 29, 36, 30, 30, and 38. They've always been bad. They've given They're up not this bad. This not this bad. fantasy quarterbacks. They are a soft mm-hmm. matchup. Like you're like, oh, they're facing the Chiefs. Oh, Heineke. I mean, like, who's not starting yeah. Heineke next week? They're, he's facing the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's what they've done. It's bad. They have yeah. big no, like Jen mentioned, that right now they're the second worst team to oppose the quarterbacks. They're giving up 28.1 fantasy points per game against them. So it, but is, it could be as simple as just like changing scheme if they switch from zone to man exactly. to man, to man to man from zone. Like that's such a, they're so bad right now. Or, or bench Daniel Sorensen. Right. <laughs> we don't have anybody else. Right. Absolute garbage. But let's but talk just, about. There's so much room to grow there that I, I just, I'm not scared of that, that team being bad. Right. They are still running their gimmicky offensive plays. I, it was against the Buffalo Bills where they did the play where Travis Kelsey's under center. Oh, wait, Tyreek Hill's under center. Oh, wait, Mahomes yeah. is pretending he doesn't know what's going on, but we all know that it's an act. So there's Didn't still it work? That. Didn't it work? 
but they didn't need to. They like it doesn't serve any purpose. It's just obnoxious. Okay, well let's move to the next subject here. We already talked about DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, so we're gonna move to our third one here. Dawson Knox is a top five tight end going forward the rest of this year. Jen, do you think this is stuff or fluff? I think it's fluff. Um, I like Dawson Knox. Again, I was on him really early. I think he made like the first or second waiver wire article I wrote. Um, but the real issue is there are so many targets for Josh Allen. And yeah, it's a high-powered offense, and we've talked about that, and they put up a lot of points per game. I think it's the most points per game now of, of all NFL teams. But he's still down the order. There's still Stephon Diggs. There's still Emmanuel Sanders. There's still a lot of players there. There's Gabe Davis. There's Cole Beasley. So he has gotten into the end zone, what is it, four games in a row now, which is pretty phenomenal, and he is getting targeted. But he's not like the number two target. So to be like a top five, because top five is very specific. I think you have to be like someone that's like a number two target. So we're talking like a Mark Andrews, a Travis Kelsey, a Darren Waller. That makes sense to me. TJ Hawkinson makes sense to me. Um, I think being a top five tenant, it's possible, but I think we may be jumping the gun a little bit to think that he's like the new Darren Waller. Yeah. I mean, that's very fair. He, like you said, he's pretty much his floor right now is three targets. He got eight, one game, but it's kind of been in that three to five range for the most part has five touchdowns in his last four games. I think the only way at this rate that he can remain a top five tight end is if he has a Robert Tunyon type of year where he's just getting an absurd amount of touchdowns, which there is a little bit of a blueprint for that. He is, like you said, Jenny's fourth on the team in targets at a 13%, 13.4% target share. He is second in terms of red zone target share. So that's where Josh Allen has been looking for him right in that red zone. But like we said, I think it's kind of be a touchdown dependent. It's going to be having to score a lot of touchdowns because he's not getting there with yardage for the most part or targets. Doc, any part that we said that you disagree with, is it stuff that he's going to be a top five or is it fluff? Uh, I think it's fluff just because, you know, you have your set and forget it, set it and forget it of Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey. I think Kyle Pitts has showed his upside right now. Dawson Knox is 14th in tight end targets at 24. He has 18 receptions, five of those being touchdowns. So around a 30th percent touchdown catch rate. I just don't see that being sustainable. It's a very high powered offense, but figure that maybe Stefan Diggs will probably, uh, he's a buy low candidate right now. I'd say top eight for sure because of the upside potential, but not top five. Okay. That's fair. John or Brad, do you guys disagree with anything or should we move to the next one? On the next one. I agree. All right. We're glad we can. We're very, this is a very fluent pot. I like it. <laughs> Let's move to the next one here. We have Damian Harris. Is his job as the lead back in New England? Are those days numbered? Let's start with John this time. You think that we should be worried about him as the lead back? Should you be going to grab Ramondre Stevenson? What are your thoughts? I, I, I think you're reading the situation a little wrong. He had the fumble on the John, goal line, which John, is a huge switch. Well, John. Is it stuff? Oh, it's 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 fluff, David. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm selling this. I'm selling this that Damian Harris is a. But anyway, I think you're reading it. He had the the fumble on the goal line, which is kind of a very fluky play, and Belichick doesn't like it. But he didn't take him out for that reason. He had some rib injury, and while he was in, he was the more effective running back of the the now three with Brandon Bolden sort of being an afterthought and Ramondre Stevenson. And you wouldn't even be thinking about this if there was a fraction of an inch of a, of the, the ball went over the goal line and it wasn't a, a fumble out of the end zone. He would have had a fantastic game, and you would say, is this Damian Harris's resurgence? That, that's very fair. It's a game of inches, and it definitely has swayed the narrative because it didn't go his way there. Brad, stuff or fluff? Yeah, I'm going fluff. I, I think the only person who gets consistent bulk carries is Damian Harris in that backfield, and... I'm not sure anyone else is trusted. Andre Stevenson was getting, you know, healthy scratches. J.J. Taylor and Brandon Bolden kind of switch off between, you know, hot hand or, you know, whoever, whatever the game script is, whether you want a receiving back out of the backfield or you want a bruiser. So, I, honestly, Damian Harris seems to be the only person in that entire backfield that has consistently just been somebody that Belichick never messes around with like he's always going to be starting he's always going to get 10 to 15 carries like that's his floor so i honestly i i feel still pretty comfortable about harris okay jen are you on the same page with these gentlemen or... yep all right doc as well uh i am but i'd say it's capped 
just because of Mac Jones passing attempts. Like Mac Jones has thrown the ball at least 30 times every game. And Damian Harris has had games of six and four carries. So I just think it's a Mac Jones led offense. That's what I think caps him more than the other it's, competition. It's a screen, it's a screen pass level. It, right, it's, it's, it's a short <laughs> passing game. Yeah. Dave, this is the perfect segue for the question of the week. So I'm going to go into it right now. <laughs> Wait, what? We still have a question. Right. Right. No, we still have to you can, ask. You can go back, Dave. But right now, since it's a perfect segue, I'm doing it. I have to ask, did you have this and you just didn't tell us? Do you want to say I come up with my questions during the episode? Yeah, do you wanna do you wanna at least plug do you wanna plug who sponsors the uh the question of the week? What's that? Do you wanna at least plug who sponsors the question of the week if you're just gonna go out of order? Uh I'll let yeah, okay, I'll let you do that. Okay. Our our impromptu question of the week, which has (laughs) never been done before here. Is by Monkey Knife Fight. We are official for the Two Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. New depositors receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code Triple Play. So go ahead, Brad. You can go ahead and take Brad, does the good segue sort of lose something when it gets broken? It does. It's been like five minutes since (laughs) the last All right. So the question I was going to ask was Do you think Mac Jones has outperformed what Cam would have done this year? Okay. Well, we always start with the guest. So. Jen's on the spot for this one. Oh, is it me? Um, no, probably not. Um, but I do think they had to go forward with their future. And Cam, there was no way he was going to be the future. And he has to learn. So I think, no, probably the end result isn't much different. But I do think it probably was the right choice to let Matt go ahead and and, and have his chance and, and get his legs, if you will. Um, he, he needs to, he should have had a better game this week versus Houston. That was really disappointing. That's all he did versus that Houston defense. That's not good. He has another chance this week versus Dallas. So I, I really expect him to do better this, this Sunday. And if he doesn't like, that's not great, <laughs> but I think they had to move forward with the future, but to answer your question specifically, no, I don't think he's really done much more than Cam would have done ultimately. What about you, Dave? I agree. I think you would have more big plays with Cam, but I think you're having more short term. Like you're having, he's throwing, obviously, his like A dot on his throws is very small. So he has a lot of these accurate short throws, but they're not leading to points. So I think they'd have two different ways of getting to the same result, is how I feel. Johnny? Yeah, I, I think it's pretty much a wash. Between the two, I mean, it's all they also play completely different games at this point in their career where it, it's like David said, it's, it's two different paths, but it's not like the Pats were going to win the division anyway. So you might as well, you might as well go with the young guy. I, I actually think Cam jo- or Mac Jones gave him a little bit of an edge. I mean, Cam Newton certainly has that rushing upside, but. 12 touchdowns rushing. I don't think you can bank on that year to year for each hit he takes. I think you're, you have to figure that in. He had eight passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions last year. Mac Jones has a better completion percentage. I think, it, yeah, Patriots weren't going to win the division anyway, but I actually think Mac Jones gives us a little bit better of a chance than Cam does at this point. That's interesting because the way I look at it is because Cam has that rushing upside, he opens up that rushing game even more. So, you know, you can't just, you know, stack the box on first and second down because you're not scared of Mac Jones because, you know, he's got that that element of, you know, is it going to be an RPO? Is he going to? I think that's I I think it's it's it works for goal line and for short yardage where it's like, oh, you need to pick up one or two yards. Mm -hmm. But I think like game planning wise, it's not really effective because so many quarterbacks have some some sort of rushing upside. Okay, well, let's, right, let's move on. You can have the show back. Oh, thanks, Brad. <laughs> let's real quick, let's just, you can answer yes or no. And if you have a reason why you can, if you don't, then you can just say yes or no. Jamar Chase is the wide receiver one, dynasty-wise. Dynasty wide receiver one. Is that stuff or fluff, Jen? Stuff. Doc? Fluff, Ty Hill. Uh, you're, you're I'm buying the this. You go with the, the youngest, best receiver. I'm going fluff. Uh, you, can you use the right terminology, John? Stuff. Thank you. Anybody, Jeffer, Justin Jefferson? He's my dynasty wide receiver. One over him. It was one two for me. He was yeah. He's he's third on mine. Okay. I mean, so it's he's definitely in the mix. But it, I thought it was kind of interesting because after his 
obviously really great start. People have appointed him there, not that he hasn't deserved it, but he uh, he tricked us in the preseason with all this drop talk and everything. He did. Oh. <laughs> he did. All right, what was going on with that? Whatever it was, he really corrected it. He did. Let's move to now to our next segment, which is uh, this one actually has not been used yet. It is the the juicy juicy spread talking about like the peanut butter and jelly spread that you like the most for the (laughs) for the games this coming week and uh doc i know you're the number one better on this program normally so i will let you lead this one off which is the spread that you like the most so the one i'm not betting on this but i it's curious that the cardinals are plus two and a half being the only undefeated team there's two i really like I like the Cowboys minus four at New England. And then I like Kansas City minus seven in Washington. I think Kansas City comes back and just blows them out. I like what you're that's, like. that's, a, that's a touchdown. It, it's literally a touchdown. I see them winning by more than that. That was the same one I had as well. Jen, where are you going for? I have the Dallas game. I have Dallas, uh, you know, plus uh, New England plus three and a half. Um, da- what like Bill Belichick can really limit Dallas to uh, three and a half? I don't think so. Yeah. Like, okay, Bill Belichick can take out Amari Cooper, but it doesn't matter. They have CD Lamb, they have Dalton Schultz, they have Ezekiel Elliott, they have Tony Pollard, they have Cedric Wilson, they have so many weapons. So, the idea that you know, after nearly getting spanked by the Houston Texans, they're going to come within three and a half points of Dallas Cowboys, I don't think so. I know they're at home, but mm. I, like, I like that one too. That was actually one of the ones I heard first or earlier this week when yeah. uh, people were talking gotta, about it. If you're listening to this, you got to get in the early lines before they change yeah. it. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see that one specifically as the week goes on. I'm sure it's going to change a lot. Brad, what about you? I went with the Cowboys three and a half. Great minds think alike there, John. Um, I didn't really think one, so I just pulled one up. Let's just say Gio Bernard gets the first <laughs> touchdown of the Thursday game, but I'm not a gambler. Look at that. <laughs> There you go. I, I mean, he, he, he got it on Sunday. So yeah. <laughs> going back to the well, I like it. All right. Next, one of our staples on this show. It is, of course, <laughs> our obscure. You, you got to change that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was looking for an obscure sound, but yeah, I, I guess that's kind of weird. Okay. I love how you just power through the awkwardness, the cringiness. I just, it, it's an endearing trait of yours. <laughs> something that I've worked very hard to do. Uh, so this is the obscure tight end touchdown of the week call. And the rules for this, they have to be rostered in 50% or less of ESPN leagues. And right now on the season, Brad's got two. John's got one. Doc and I both have Are zero. we not we- counting Zay Jones because it wasn't part of the game? It wasn't a touch. It wasn't a tight end. And the guests each week have not gotten any correct. So, Jen, there's a lot of pressure on you. You got to get the okay. guests off the snide here. Who is your obscure tight end touchdown? This okay. Week? Well, there's actually a lot uh, this week. There were some serious options here for obscure tight ends, but I won't give any of them away. I'm just going to go with Zach Ertz. I double checked. He's 38% rostered. I will tell you why. Tampa Bay stinks versus the tight end. Um, they've also, there's going to be no Dallas Goddard this week, right? Um, he's on the COVID list. When Zach Ertz plays the snaps and he plays about 60% of the snaps with Dallas Goddard, he runs 98% routes and only blocks 2% of the time. We saw Jalen Hurts in a primetime game with Ertz before he went to him. He's a good security blanket for him, I think, in this situation. And so it's it's Zach Ertz. He's finding the end zone. He's plus 220 if you want to take that anytime touchdown bet, too. Oh, and gave gave that, too. I like it. It is crazy because – this guy a few years ago was up there with the uh, uh, with the George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, and now he's barely rostered in less than fifty percent. But he's had kind of making this resurgence later on, and now you have you know Dallas Goddard on the COVID IR potentially. Yep. Too, but, so it's it's a very uh, I, I love that call, and that if it's the criteria, it's it's a great pick there. Doc, can you top that pick? Yeah, you know, I would try to have stats and everything to to prove my reasoning for picking a tight end, and it just doesn't work. So I'm literally just going with an obscure one, Jordan Akins. Okay. How, wait, what's what's Jordan Akins' stats this week or this year? Is he have like, uh, okay? Does he even have ten catches? Does he caught like four passes. Uh, jo- Jordan Akins uh, on the year, eight catches, seventy yards. He had two for seventeen last 
week against the Patriots. But you know what? He doesn't no, have a he's touchdown. Due. Yeah, he's yeah, due. He's he has due. zero on the year. That's going to be my strategy is picking people that have zero touchdowns and them getting their first. He has also one carry for three yards. You forget. Oh, that. let's go. Ooh, let's what go. if it's an obscure tight end rushing touchdown? Rushing touchdown. Oh, <laughs> you you uh, deserve some money or something if you get that. Johnny, who's your pick? Uh, Anthony Fursker. You know, he's got okay. he's yeah, five yeah. targets, four targets. Why can't one of them be in the red zone? Yeah, especially if Julio's still out, too. There's another path for him to potentially score. When last year or last week, it was the backup tight end, too. Wasn't it Michael Pruitt that scored, too? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's there. <laughs> it just wasn't the secure tight end that you wanted. Brad, what about you? I'm going uh, Ricky Sales Jones. On that, was my other that, was my, that was mine last week, and I didn't want to double yeah, up. Yeah, you took it last week, but you were a week early. So they got KC. They got that soft defense. They're yep. gonna, it's going to be a shootout. They're probably going to have to score four to five touchdowns to just stay in. Brad it. is going um, three for three. I'm, Wait, I'm definitely who's going three for three? three. Who, who's, who's their second string tight end? Maybe that's what I'll change my answer to. <laughs> that's not crazy. I, I have no idea. You John, Bates. Thomas John Bates. John Bates. That is really right. obscure. That would uh, be an obscure. He played uh, so I, 14 snaps last game, so it could happen. So I'm completely obviously have not. Rostered in 0% of leagues. I have not gotten any right so far. So I'm going to hope that maybe Jen's the good luck charm that I need to get off the schneid here and get something. And looking at the points allowed from the tight end position, the top few teams are the Houston Texans, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Los Angeles Chargers. So the fact that two of the top three are playing against each other in the same game makes me think I have to pick somebody from that game. Mark Donald Parham. You know what? I picked him. I had him as my captain in my DFS lineup. The, when he scored the first touchdown of the game a few weeks ago, and I thought I was the biggest genius in the world. Cause I was like, if he gets two touchdowns, I might be retiring, but I'm I'm a Donald Parham fan. I like that. He has touchdowns in consecutive weeks. He looks good, man. I see why they let Hunter Henry go. Yeah. I, I'm going with Donald Parham. I think he gets in the end zone three straight weeks. If I'm going to get off the schneid, I think this is the week. So he is my pick for the obscure tight end touchdown of the week. Somebody else has to get on the board here. Hopefully, Jen can get the guests on the board. because Yeah, no one went Moelle Cox versus Houston. I thought, but that was too mainstream for me. I'm really going obscure okay. tight ends now every week. What is Moelle Cox's roster percentage? Is he... Is he more than? I wouldn't think he's more than fifty percent. Is he? He Probably is. Not, Doyle gets so many targets still. Mo Ali Cox is one percent roster oh, on yeah, the yeah. leagues. One percent, and and he, it, that's up 08 percent in the last week. So prior to that, he was only at point two, and that was after his multi touchdown game too. Exactly. Oh, I, I mean, he would have been a great call too. I obviously, and I just mentioned Houston was number one against tight ends. Too. That's. It's a bad, it's a bad look on my part for not even considering that, but that's a good pick there. All right, David, let's run through our game of the week. We only got a few minutes left. All right, go ahead, Brad. Take us to our final segment. Of course, our game of the week. All right, for this game, <laughs> excellent sound effect, great production value. <laughs> uh, we are playing guess that backup QB. I'm going to name a, t- a team, and you're going to tell me the backup QB. There's so many obscure names Ooh. that you can't even believe. This is fun. This is going to stump some of you. Is all this, right, so are they all second string? Yes. That's what the are we, are we going round robin? Name. Okay. No, no, no. You're just going to buzz in with your name. First one to get it guesses. If they get it right, they get a point. If they get it wrong, next person to buzz in gets the point. Okay. All right. You ready? Okay. We're going to start off with the Tennessee Titans. David. Go ahead, Dave. It's, isn't it, um, uh, it's, uh, the, the, uh, oh my God, I just had his name on time. It's the USC quarterback. Um, five, four, three, Matt Barkley. Two, wrong. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad I got the name at least out. Five, USC quarterback, Matt four, Barkley. three, Two, John, one. Eric. Oh, John, go ahead. Um, I I actually don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> all right, Eric, go ahead. Brandon Whedon, Harry, Harry Collins. <laughs> no. All right, the person was Logan Woodside. Oh, oh yeah. I, yeah, well, never gonna get that. All right, well, it gets even harder now. We're gonna go with the New York Jets. Oh, boy, oh my god, I was wondering who their backup was. 
Are we gonna all go over? No, we might, can't. Really might. It's someone really obscure. Five. Four. four they're all obscure. Three, I think we're all gonna probably take the L on this. Two. One. one. James Morgan. Oh yeah, no. That's, 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 that's a I'll fake say, like, name. President of the United States or something. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a fake wow. name. All right. This this one's even worse. We're gonna go with the oh, Detroit Lions. Who is the Detroit Lions backup? Oh, it's not Jeff. That is the question. Mm. Eric. 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 Good. David Blau. Oh, close. He's third string, I believe. But he's definitely oh! not second. Third. This oh, is David. This is insanity. Good, Dave. Kyle Laletta. Nope. Five. Four. I think they should two, get negative points, so two, I'm in the lead or something. What? That might be the only way we have a winner. Wait, the answer is half? Tim Boyle. I don't even know who that is. Can I, can I get half a point for uh, getting the third string? No, you game. may not. <laughs> no, give us an easier right. one. Hopefully there's an easier one. Let's go to – this one should be a little easier. Carolina Panthers. Eric. Oh, I know it. Eric. Will Greer. No. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I love that just now. <laughs> That's what I thought it was, too. Five, four, three, two. David. Dave. Graham Gano. <laughs> the answer is PJ Walker. You guys How we not get that? Oh my god. All right, this one, this one should be a little easier. This is our fifth one here. I also have what three more if we okay. can't get one. <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who oh, it's there? um. Oh my God! Uh, the rookie. What's his name? Five, four, three. It was like the fifth two, round draft pick. One, Blaine Gabbert. Oh can no! I, never mind. Can I just I was, take a second to let you guys know that Rowdy Telez just broke the tie, and I, I want to temporarily promote my my podcast Sticks and Stacks because I said on this podcast today. That if the Boom. Brewers are going to get out of this game, it's going to be on the back of Rowdy Tillette. Okay. Boom. <laughs> oh, I love, I it. love it. She knows, it she knows her catches, but she doesn't know her backup quarterback. I have no idea. <laughs> Rowdy Tillette is the first baseman. Brad. I wish yeah, I, I didn't know who David Stills was. Baseman. I wish it was just Tyrod. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Let's go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Eric. Go ahead, Eric. This is Jeff Driscoll, right? Brandon Allen. Oh. All right, so whoever gets one first wins. I don't know yeah. why. Brand, Brandon I'm, Whedon's I'm, just stuck in my mind as the permanent backup quarterback for every team, and it's all yeah. who I can ever think of. I'm gonna um I'm gonna end the game here. This is just gonna be sudden death. Whoever gets it will win. And actually, all right, we're gonna do this. Each of you has to guess. Whoever gets it wins. If you get it wrong, you get minus one. <laughs> All right, oh, this one's the Cardinals. I thought you were going to say who's ever closest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, that works too. Who's ever closest? You said the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, we'll start with you, Mendy. Oh, my God. Um, God who packs up Kyler Murray? Um, Jake DeLome. That's wrong. Johnny. Chase Daniel. It's close, but wrong. Doc. Oh, Chase Hudley. That's what I was going to say. Chase Hudley. Is that right? Also wrong. You, mean, you mean Brett Hudley? Isn't there oh, a Chase Hudley too? Yeah. Jen, it's all up to you. If it's. I, Me and Eric both thought Chase Hudley, so. <laughs> I have a no. I, I, I'll, give you, I I'll say... give you a hint. I'll give you a hint since you're, since you're last and we need a winner. He played at Texas. Oh, at UT. Yes, I know who it is. I mean, like I'm. I have none no of us idea. deserve to win this game. Right, do I get a half a point if I do? I get a half a point. Yeah, let's Cole see McCoy. If this. All right, you got it. You're is the it really McCoy? McCoy. Can you believe it? No way. Kyler Murray is your starter, and you want Colt McCoy to back him up. That's shocking. I, it, he's better than all the backups we named previously. Also, crazy is that can't move. Can't get a job. 
Yeah. That's crazy. That was probably the worst performance collectively in a game. That, that is awful. I think in the world. You should have given us like you should have given us like a gimme so we got on the board. Yeah, or something. I, I, but I thought anyway. you guys would get PJ Walker. Well, that's true. I I should have should have gotten PJ Walker. You're right. On that note, I want to make sure we get Jen out of here. Jen, really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. It was a ton of fun for us to have you. Can you please tell our audience that if they've been living under a rock and for some reason haven't heard of you or your work, <laughs> let them know where they can find you on Twitter and all the great stuff that you're doing. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Jen Piacenti. That's J-E-N-P-I-A-C-E-N-T-I. You can also find me. I am a writer for Sports Illustrated. I have a podcast on the Extra Points Podcast Network, and I do host uh, – on the radio at Sirius XM fantasy sports radio. And yeah, you can just find me around cause I'll be around. Great follow. And one of the best people in the fantasy community, really happy that we got a chance to talk with you tonight. And uh, again, it was tree for us. And again, this is uh, something that hopefully we'll be able to look back down the road and, and be like, Jen called that on the show. She said, this on the show. <laughs> I just hope that Chris gets a, t- a, a touchdown now because I feel the pressure. <laughs> Might be called McCoy. I gotta give Brad a run for his money now. <laughs> That's right. If it happens, you know that uh, the, the triple play guys are gonna be tagging you like, oh, nailed it. I love it. All right, fingers love- crossed for Zach Ertz. I love it. Uh, we'll be back again, of course, next week to break down week six and look ahead to week seven. But until then, everyone be safe out there. Enjoy your seven hours of commercial free football. And we're gonna make like a bread truck and we're gonna haul these buns. Catch you guys in the next one.